I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. Genesis, all you need to know. Now here is John Carter with today's message. Hello friend, I'm John Carter. Welcome back. We've got a terrific program for you today. Genesis, all you need to know. We've been going through some of the great truths that we find in the book of Genesis. And now we're going to talk about the third great truth. I'm going to take my Bible and turn over here to Genesis. Let me see now. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 down to 3. Are you ready? Listen to this. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. So this tells us that you came from the hand of God. You're not simply the product of blind chance, but you came from the hand of God. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So the Bible tells me that right at the very beginning of time, God gave to the human race a special gift. Uh, in our first segment, we spoke about marriage, tremendously important gift. We, we spoke about the gift of life. But now God gives to the human race this tremendous gift. He gives to the human race the gift of the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is a very, very special thing because the Sabbath signifies the rest that comes from God. It is a symbol of the gospel of Christ. Now, I've been living here in these great United States of America for over 35 years. I really love this place. And once upon a time, just about everybody went to church. At least everybody knew somebody who went to church. And once upon a time in America, the bells would ring out on the weekend. It seemed as though the bells were ringing out and saying, come to church. Hey, you've had a tough week. You've been on those freeways. Come to church. Come and worship. You've been tied up on Wall Street. Your mind is just cluttered. Well, get rid of the clutter. Come and worship. Come and be blessed. You're beat up. Now the time is to be blessed. Come and find forgiveness because we're all sinners. Come and be saved. Come and be healed. Come and find uh, the grace of God. That, of course, is what the Sabbath is all about. The Sabbath is about, now listen to this, the Sabbath is about divine rest for human restlessness. Have you heard of Karl Barth? Well, Karl Barth was perhaps the most influential theologian of the 20th century. Uh, he was the great uh, European philosopher, uh, theologian, neo-Orthodox. He said this statement, and, and this man had a profound impression upon the world in which he lived. He said, when the holy day, the Sabbath, becomes the day of man, society and humanity wither away and uh, 
the demons rule. Karl Barth said, if you give up the Sabbath, you're just going to give up everything. You're going to get away from yourself. You're going to get away from God. And the demons are going to start to rule. The Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, people are saying all the time, what's happened to America? Uh, we've got so many problems today in America. Could it be that our problems have come about because we've forgotten the commandment? And this, of course, is the fourth commandment. This is found in the Decalogue, where Almighty God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, this is not a statement from some church. It's not a sectarian statement. It is a statement from Almighty God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Our topic today is the book of Genesis and all you need to know. Here's the next great truth, number four actually. Genesis alone explains the human dilemma. Now, what am I talking about? Listen, my friend, why is there so much hate? Why is there so much lust? Why is there so much anger in the world? Why is there so much fear? Why do we have a pandemic of racism around the world? Why so much crime? Why is it that we have all of these riots in our great cities? Why violence? Why war? Why inequalities? Why inner restlessness? No other book explains this like the book of Genesis. It explains the human dilemma. And I want you to notice this text out of the book of Genesis, chapter 3, and verses 1 down to 3. This takes us back to the very beginning. If you want to understand what's going on in the world today, you need to understand this story. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now the serpent is Satan. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat? of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now this tells us what happened to the human race. God said, don't do this, but the serpent said, no, you can do this, and it's going to be fine. Don't take any notice of God and his word. Then Genesis 3, verses 4 to 7. Then the serpent, now this is Satan, disguised as a serpent. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then their eyes, of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. 
So now here is rebellion against God. God says, don't do this. But they say, we're smarter than God. And the devil says, if you do this, you're going to be so smart. You're going to be so wise. You're going to be so wealthy. You're going to be so sophisticated. And you're going to live forever. That's what the devil says. And they disobey God. And when they disobey God, something awful, insidious happened to them. Something insidious happened to their souls. Their souls shriveled up. And they became naked and afraid. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself and man has been naked and running and afraid ever since. So these very ancient verses that describe the encounter of our first parents with this sinister force who was called Satan or Satan, who was likened to this poisonous snake. This describes how it started, the origin of sin. Listen carefully. Because of sin, Adam and Eve found themselves frightened, naked, hiding. It is the story of lost humanity. Are you listening to me? We say, what's gone wrong with the human race? My friend, the book of Genesis tells you everything that you need to know. It is the story of man's rebellion against God. That is why we feel naked and afraid and why we are still running. Now, I'm going to turn over here in the Bible to Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. And these words are written by the great Jewish scholar by the name of Paul. He says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. When our first parents sinned, Something insidious happened to their humanity. Death came into the human race. God said, you are going to die. And we've been dying ever since. We died spiritually and we also die, listen to me, we die physically. Everything you need to know we are born sinners we are born lost Billy Graham was talking to a great American politician who explained uh, his grand plan to save uh, 
America. What a tremendous picture this is here. You've got the great evangelist, and there in the audience you see uh, uh, the great president, John Kennedy. Billy Graham had a profound influence, and so he was talking to this politician with this marvelous plan to save America through the great society. Billy Graham said to him, but sir, what about human nature? And the politician said, yes, Dr. Graham, I know. That is the weak link in the chain. That is the problem. I want you to know, my friend, uh, the human race is somehow fatally flawed. It is because of our sin. And if you want to understand it, you've got to go back to the book of Genesis, to the story of this encounter between uh, the serpent and our first parents. President LBJ, President Johnson, 1964-65 started what he called euphemistically the Great Society. Great program to eliminate uh, poverty, racial injustice, and to reduce crime. It has cost America, think of this, $22,000 billion, astronomical, $22 trillion, enough to give every American a gift of $100,000, every American family $400,000. But I ask the question, it's an embarrassing question, has the noble plan worked? Well, right now, some people are saying that America is on the edge, on the edge of a revolution that could be a bloody revolution. Has society been transformed by LBJ's great society? I ask you the question, what's wrong with us? Why don't we get smart? Why don't we go to the book that has the answers, not to the politicians who are floundering like you and like I am? without God. Look at the evening news. What do you see on the evening news? We see riots, buildings burning, people being shot, people shooting other people. We see poverty, racial unrest. We see the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. So I'm saying to you today, we need a new power, not a new government program. Government programs have largely failed. I'm sick of them. We need a new driving force, a new energy, a new motivation. Human nature frustrates the call for the great society. We need a new power. We need a, a new rocket within us. Let me tell you the story of two nations, Britain and France. You go back to the days of John Wesley, back to the 18th century. They were both great countries with great problems. Poverty, inequality, crime, disease. The smell of revolution was in the air. England had John Wesley. And John Wesley went out and preached his heart out. And people came to Christ by the hundreds of the thousands. England never had a bloody revolution. France did. France had uh, the guillotine. France had all the murders. France had all the atrocities. Why? Because they never had the gospel of Christ. That is why they had the church. 
They had corrupt politicians. They had all that garbage, but they never had the voice of the Word of God. Now, I want to tell every person watching today, especially my American friends, it's time for us to stop putting our faith in the politicians because you're going to be terribly disillusioned. What America needs, my friend, is not a new government program. What America needs uh, is the gospel of Christ. Are you listening to me? Do you believe this? This is the truth. The book of Genesis tells us all we need to know. It also predicts the only solution to the human dilemma. Now I'm going to turn to a text here. Genesis chapter 3, 14 and 15. It tells us the solution to the human dilemma. Genesis 3, 14 and 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, that's Satan, because you've done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and, all, and you shall eat dust all the di- days of your life. Now listen to it. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Now listen to it. He shall bruise your head. This seed that's going to come is going to bruise the head of the serpent. He's going to kill him. And you, serpent, shall bruise his heel, which is painful, but it's not a mortal wound. This is one of the most amazing prophecies in the Bible. All you need to know. Here's a glimmer of hope for poor Adam and Eve bowed down in despair. A seed is coming. God says, a seed is coming. The seed is going to come. The offspring is going to come. It's it's going to be the seed of, of the woman. And that seed is going to crush the serpent's head. Going to kill the serpent. And that serpent is going to bruise the seed. But the seed is going to survive. What are we talking about? And you come over here to Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Amazing words from the great apostle Paul, this great Jewish scholar. Now to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made, he does not say, and to seeds, plural, as of many. But as of, what does it say? One, and to your seed, who is Christ. Do you get this? The book of Genesis says the seed is going to come. Not the seeds. We're not saved by a bunch of people. We're not saved by a bunch of preachers or a bunch of politicians or a bunch of anybody. We are saved by, not plural, singular, the seed. And that seed is going to come and that seed is going to crush the head of the serpent. It's talking, of course, about the Messiah, fully God, fully man. Jesus partook of human nature. He was a real human being. He carried the genes of Mary, who carried the genes of Adam, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and David. 
our genes also. He was the promised seed. Where do you find this? You find this in the book of Genesis. It predicts the coming of the promised seed. Without the seed, my friend, there is no salvation. Will you believe it? He was the seed of the woman. Maybe he looked like David. He was called the son of David, even though David lived a thousand years before. He was the seed of his mother Mary. Maybe he looked like Mary. Why did he come? To redeem the sin of Adam. He was the second Adam. He would receive a cruel wound, but he would crush the serpent's head. Hey, that's good news. I want to tell you, there is some good news here. You think this old world is out of shape? This old world is in a mess? This old world is in a mess, and there is only one person who can save you and me. Why are we so tied up with incidentals? It is the seed. It is born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the seed who went to the cross to pay for our sins. It is Christ. All you need to know, my friend, redemption prefigured and predicted, Genesis 3.21, is absolutely an incredible text. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. Now, I'll give you the context. Adam and Eve, because they're smarter than God, they break God's commandments. They rebel against God. God says, if you do this, you're going to die. They say, oh, no, no. The devil says, you're going to become really smart. You're going to become like gods. You know, you're going to be like God. You're going to know good and evil. You're going to be elevated. You're going to be superior. That's the biggest lie that was ever told. But God says there's hope for you. The woman is going to have a divine seed. And the creator who made the universe, listen to this, the creator who made the universe becomes a man. He's the only perfect man this world ever saw. He goes to the cross and he bears our sins. And then the creator, God, does something. It says, Genesis 3.21, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God Yahweh Elohim made tunics of skin and clothed them. Are you, are you with me in this? Almighty God has to kill some animals. Almighty God, listen to me. Let me look in your eyes. Almighty God, Almighty God, Yahweh Elohim killed some animals in the Garden of Eden. This pristine, beautiful place. This place that is called paradise. So he kills some animals. And he gets the skin of those animals. And he covers up the nakedness of Adam and Eve. <laughs> That's the story of Christ on the cross. That Christ, almighty God in human flesh, goes to the cross 
to cover us. On the cross, the seed of the woman paid the price of Adam's failure with his own blood. He is called the second Adam. That's all you need to know. So Genesis, Genesis tells us all we really need to know so we can be decent people. Number one, God made the universe. He made you. You're special. Number two, marriage matters. It's between a man and a woman. Don't be taken in by all this propaganda. Number three, the Sabbath is a part of God's plan for you. You need restoration. You need, you need the blessing of the Sabbath that represents the gospel. Number four, Genesis explains what's wrong with the world. It is sin. It is our rebellion. It is our turning from God. Number five, the coming of the woman seed, Christ, solves every problem. So what's the end result? The destruction of the serpent. The serpent has his head crushed. The triumph of Christ and those who trust in Christ. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it through human philosophy or politics or any of those substitutes. I, I'm amazed that people who think they're Christians are so caught up in politics they've forgotten all about God's word. Look at the outcome. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. After these things, now today we, we started on the first book, now we finish on the last book. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number. <laughs> Room for you. Of all nations, hey, all colors, racism is so evil. Of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's the seed, the divine seed. The Lamb had to be killed so we could be clothed. Clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. That's the outcome. Will you think about it, my friend, please? I beseech you. The lamb has to be slain. The seed comes. The seed dies on the cross to save us from the overwhelming disease, the pandemic of evil that is ravaging the world today. Maybe your life too. So what should we do? Well, believe these great truths. God made you. You're special. He loves you. God made marriage between a man and a woman. It's all wonderful. God gave us the Sabbath so we can be restored. The Bible teaches God did more than this. He sent Christ, the seed, who died for our sins, to take away our sins which are destroying us. Therefore, my friend, please start to read your Bible. Is that asking too much? Read your Bible. Trust in Christ. 
Christ died for you. He wants you in heaven. There's room for you, my friend. A great multitude. You can be there. Believe in the God who believes in you. Amen. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.